a dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Christianizing the American dream. I said that you, uh, that, that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. Then very few times I've ever heard God be disarticulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. I'm not asking you with I'm asking you to brush your hair. That's what God commanded Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Master's Dog, episode 141. I'm your host, Norm, The Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. The Evangelical Norm. The Master's Dog is a podcast where I deal with false teachers, false prophets, false doctrines, false gospels, you name it. If it is false, I do what the introduction video said, the quote at the beginning, the John Calvin quote, I bark. Uh, This started out, this podcast started out as... Faith and Beliefs Refuted, I started responding to all of the videos from the Saints Unscripted podcast, which is formerly known as Three Mormons. They created a segment called Faith and Beliefs, and they were talking about the Articles of Faith. So I wanted to respond to those videos and show how the LDS Articles of Faith do not line up with Orthodox Christianity. When they finished with those 13 articles of faith, they continued on in other issues of doctrine and teaching of the church and so on. So I committed to respond to every one of those videos, which I have pretty much a couple of them where I've just thrown up a screenshot and said, this is why this video is pointless. We didn't even watch the video, but I did still give some kind of a response to it. And so I was calling the podcast Faith and Beliefs Refuted. Uh, Down the road at some point, I was starting to see you know, Stephen Furtick was becoming uh, a little more, um, I don't want to say well-known because he's always been well-known, but gaining notoriety on YouTube and social media, Jory Micah, the other false teachers that were claiming to be Christian, but were outside of the realm of Mormonism. And I wanted to respond to those as well. So that's where the master's dog was born. Again, out of the, the John Calvin quote, when God's truth is attacked, I bark. And so that's what this podcast is all about. A little bit of background for those of you who are new. We're continuing to get more and more subscribers every day. And that's because of you guys who like the videos, share the videos, comment on the videos. Commenting is huge um, for the algorithm. So even just a comment saying, hey, nice job. Hey, I think you're an idiot. Whatever you want to do. I, I mean, I, I can handle whatever comments you want to make, but make a comment. Just give a little bit of a comment, and that just helps the algorithm go, oh, people are interacting. More people might interact. So we'll see how that works. But if you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Get all the content that I release here on the Evangelical Norm uh, channel on YouTube. You can get the audio podcast wherever, uh, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, you can get the, the audio podcast, just look up The Master's Dog or Norm Dunham, wherever you get your audio podcast, and you can find all the podcasts that I do in those places. So, 
Today we are back to uh, responding to Saints Unscripted and the Faith and Beliefs. This is, the, I believe, the fourth episode that they have done dealing with James Strang, who claimed to be Joseph Smith's successor, obviously did not become Joseph Smith's successor. That fell on to Brigham Young, and he went off and started his own little thing, the Strangeites and Strangites or whatever you call them, and did his own thing, translated his own books of scripture and so on. And they've been talking a lot about him. And I've asked the question multiple times, why are they beating this dead horse? Why do they continue to bring up James Strang when James Strang isn't even, I don't know that James Strang is in any uh, Christian apologists armor, you know, arsenal of things to use in debate with, with Mormons. But, this episode kind of revealed to me why they've been beating this dead horse. And so I'm going to let, we're going to get into the video. We're going to let David do what David do. Respond in kind as usual. And then we'll, I'll tell you as we get there. And you will actually, you'll probably see it as we go through this video. You'll see what it is. And then we'll talk about it at the end. But here is our friend from Saints Unscripted, David Snell. Uh, more information, more talking about James Strang. Hey guys, so after Joseph Smith's death, a recent convert named James Strang claimed to be Joseph's successor. We've already done a few episodes about Strang, which you should go watch if you haven't yet. That context will help this video make more sense. When it comes to this topic, Latter-day Saint critics are usually quick to claim that all of the living Book of Mormon witnesses, except one, along with many members of Joseph Smith's own family, believed that Strang was Joseph's rightful successor. If that's true, some people believe it undermines the testimony these people gave of Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon, since they're clearly all just very gullible. Hey, it says gullible on the ceiling. Oh, so it does. So, again, I don't know how many people, I mean, I don't know that there's a lot of Christians out there who would engage in debates with Mormons over the validity of Mormonism, who even really know who James Strang is. I mean, you know, your, your very well-known uh, Mormon interaction apologists absolutely know. You know, Bill McKeever, Sandra Tanner, Matt Slick, Aaron Shafawalov, uh, Jeff Durbin, all these guys probably, you know what, honestly, I don't know if Jeff Durbin, he might, he might know a little bit about, but again, the, the, the issue with James Strang is he, it's not connected in any way to a gospel presentation that you present to Mormons, which is where Jeff Durbin is, is coming from when he's dealing with Mormons. Uh, James White, I guarantee you James White knows who James Strang is and all the information. James White knows more than, than 99% percent of the, the world's population that man is is brilliant i love james um but so yeah i mean jeff might even not even care i mean i guarantee you he doesn't care about james Strang and any of this stuff because that again with with them aaron shafawala bill mckeever any of these guys who are actively involved in evangelism to the mormon community none of them have i ever heard bring up James Strang. Maybe Matt Slick, but again, 
Matt Slick is just a guy that knows way too much and and has to put it out somewhere. So he he has created what I mean, Carm.org, Christian Apologetics Research Ministry. If you haven't uh, used them as a resource at some point in time, you don't do apologetics, and, and that's just reality. Um, but yeah, Matt Slick has this really big brain. And, and it, you know, it's condensed in, in a normal sized human head. And so he's got to get that out there. So I guarantee you, he knows who James Strang is and, and James White and stuff, but nobody cares. This is the, this is the point. I could stop the video now because nobody cares. No apologist who is engaging with Mormons on a, on a regular basis, um, to talk about the validity of Mormonism and the gospel of Jesus Christ is using James Strang in any way, shape, or form. I promise you that. You know, not Rob Savolka, not any of them, right? And I think I've just mentioned everybody that I know who is actively engaging in the, these kind of ministries. So, again... The, the, I don't I don't even remember the point that I was making um, so uh, maybe I just wanted to talk about all those guys and, and mention their names to try to you know increase the the circulation of the video because you know they're hot topic items um, I really honestly don't remember where I was going with that but um, nobody cares about James string but we're and we're gonna see what they're where they're going with this here momentarily oh you stole my lungs so in this episode we're going to get into the history and we'll see just how much these people really bought into strang's claims let's do it all right so the claim that all living book of mormon witnesses except one supported strang likely comes from this edition of the strangite newspaper the vori herald one researcher noted that the vori herald's editorial policy and purpose were clear to spread and maintain strangism hence the news reported was often shaped and even exaggerated to achieve this goal thus the movement's presses variously claimed that all the book of mormon witnesses except one were connected with strang as well as most of the extended smith family note that a a lot of the claims we'll be talking about today trace back to Strangite newspapers. When Strang came onto the scene, five of the 11 official Book of Mormon witnesses were dead, and Oliver Cowdery is the one who never supported Strang in any way. So we've got five witnesses left. Let's go down the list. We first hear about Martin Harris supporting James Strang in August 1846. In October, Martin was in England beginning what was supposed to be at least a year-long Strangite mission. He was escorted home by his companion six weeks later. In England, the Millennial Star reported, Martin publicly denied being sent by Strang or being in any way connected with him. This he did in presence of many witnesses. In January 1847, he was supporting a different sect, and by March, Martin was at Kirtland doing all he can against James Strang. So that didn't last long. That leaves us with David Jacob, John Whitmer, and their brother-in-law, Hiram Page. On September 6th, 1847, these men were all baptized into their Whitmerite sect. A few months later, in an effort to undermine the Whitmerite sect, Strang recalled a couple of letters sent by Hiram Page in 1846, in which Page allegedly reported that he and the Whitmers had read a pamphlet about Strang's succession claims, and they all apparently believed him. It appears that the Whitmers and Hiram Page held on to their belief regarding Strang for one year from about March 1846 to April 1847. 
but the fact is none of them ever joined Strang's community in that time. None of them were active in their support. I've found one firsthand statement from John Whitmer's history which supports Strang, which was later crossed out. That I am aware of, we don't have Hiram Page's letters to Strang or anything firsthand from Hiram, Jacob, or David. It would hardly be fair to call these men stalwart Strangites. But what about Joseph Smith's family members? One Latter-day Saint critic claims that every single member of Joseph Smith's family, except for Hiram's widow, also endorsed, joined, and sustained James Strang. But is that actually true? The source for this information is likely a couple of letters published by Joseph's brother, William Smith, in the Vorey Herald in 1846. In the letters, he claims that he, his mother, Lucy Mack Smith, and his three sisters, Lucy, Catherine, and Sophronia, all supported Strang. There's also a letter from Lucy Mack which states, I am satisfied that Joseph appointed J.J. Strang. It is verily so. What's going on here? William Smith's biographer wrote that after Joseph's death, William became an opportunist, desperately searching for an exalted station among any faction of Mormonism that would support his own self-importance. Emma Smith's biographers wrote, Strang baited William Smith by offering him a coveted position as patriarch if William brought with him his mother, among other conditions. James Strang's biographer said, William Smith, uh, he would publish uh, articles and saying, the whole Smith family supports James J. Strang. I wonder historically if William was stretching the truth on that. James Strang wasn't able to really crack the inner circle. When Catherine Smith caught wind years later of what had been published, she published a scathing denial in the Saints Herald. I now in truth declare that I never signed my name to such certificate or document, neither did I give my consent for anyone to sign it. I do not believe that my mother, Lucy Smith, or my sisters, Lucy Milliken and Sophronia McClary, signed any such certificate. So I say the whole thing was a forgery. Williams' biographer added, due to Williams' tendency to make unsubstantiated statements, the level of support for Strang from Williams' sisters and mother is largely a matter of conjecture. Lucy's real opinion of Strang and his claims is not known. Most likely she was involved only through the fickle and inconsistent William. When it comes to Emma Smith, on the one hand, there were at least two instances where Strangite newspapers claimed that Emma supported Strang. On the other hand, we have a letter from William Smith to James Strang warning him that Emma would not give her name and testimony to your appointment, and that pressuring her would most assuredly drive them further from the church. One historian wrote that Strang did visit Emma probably towards the end of 1846 with the intent of enlisting her support. He discovered that Emma was not interested in aligning herself with any factions, neither would she allow her children to do so. Catherine Smith said that the thought of Emma having supported Strang was preposterous. And of course, we never actually see evidence from Emma that shows she supported Strang. Okay, so I just have to pause here just because if I let it go too long, then, you know, copyright issues and stuff like that come up. It's the whole fair use of, of doing this as a commentary. Um, I have to make commentary. So all of this to say, again, going back to my original point, I don't think there are a lot of, of apologists or evangelists who deal with Mormonism on a regular basis who even have heard the name James Strang. I mean, honestly, it's been, I've been out of Mormonism for 30 years going on, coming up on 30 years now. Um, and I just recently, within the last 10 years, even ever read the name of James Strang and 
probably within the last five years actually started to have any kind of information about who he was. Because again, nobody cares. No one is using this man, which is apparently the insinuation that they are making here with all of these episodes, that somehow James Strang is this linchpin in proving Mormonism to be false uh, and, and other issues. So, which is not. Again, I will reiterate this to the hundredth time. Of all the times I've gone out and stood at the LDS Temple and Conference Center during general conference weekends and had conversations with Christians and other evangelists that gather from all over the world to come out, Manti Pageant, all those places where, where Christian evangelists go out there intentionally to have conversations with Mormons, never have I heard any evangelist bring up James Strain in any context. If actions speak louder than words, the only people from these groups that actually served in Strang's church were Martin Harris and William Smith. As for the rest, the evidence is scant and sketchy at best. While some of these people probably did give Strang the benefit of the doubt, none of them seemed convicted enough to actually do much about it. In their lives, if anything, Strang was a brief flash in the pan, and they soon moved on to other things. Check out the resources in the description to learn more. Watch some of our other videos while you're here. And have a great day. Okay, so again, I'm assuming that that is the fourth and final episode of, of the James Strang stuff. And here's the thing, is all of this, when you put all of these episodes together and they continue to ask the question, why James Strang, why James Strang? He's literally a red herring. I mean, he is... Well, probably not a red herring. He's probably, I mean, a red herring is a distraction, right? The red herring is, is a, a logical fallacy that is just to try to distract you from the, the, um, the point of the, this is, this is like the ultimate straw man argument <clears throat> because nobody, again, James Strang is not any kind of, of relevant, evangelism topic i mean yeah it might come up of well you know nobody even knew there were uh, all these people who claimed to be joseph's successor you know who was the real successor but i mean and even in that i doubt anybody is bringing that up it may have been in a books or whatever but what they're doing is they're setting up this straw man argument david is taking all these articles and go trying to convince people somebody lds church members or whoever that, man, this is such a big thing. This is such a big weapon in the anti-Mormons arsenal, this this issue of James Strang. So let us point it out to you why this is all bupkis, right? And so they, they set up the James Strang straw man to knock down the James Strang straw man. And the reality is nobody cares. I have never once in easily over a thousand conversations with LDS people during different evangelism settings and so on, never once have I brought up the name of James Strang in any context, ever. The apologists and the, the, the evangelists that I've been around in these same situations 
having their own conversations, have never once brought up the name of James Strang. I don't know that I've ever seen, there's probably been articles about him from the, I think it's the Salt Lake City Messenger is the newsletter that, that Gerald and Sandra Tanner had been putting out. Um, I don't know if she still does. Um, but I don't know that I ever saw an article about James Strang. I, I just I just don't. I mean, in all of the, the LDS literature and anti-Mormon, as they like to call it, literature that I own, maybe once or twice has James Strang's name ever come up. So the fact that they put him up here as this this you know this this boulder of a a you know apologetics evangelistic uh nightmare or what I don't know how 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 to describe what they're trying to present him as this bulwark in the in the Christian um repertoire of of um evangelism right it's not there. It's just not there. So the fact that you can easily knock down James Strang as a successor and, and as an argument against Mormonism is the reality is he's never been one. Never been one. So again, this is all just a great big red herring. It's all just a great big straw man argument. It's all just pick your favorite logical fallacy and you can probably work him in there. And that's that. Um, so we'll see where they take us in the next couple of weeks. I, I certainly hope we're not talking about James Strang again because I'm not even going to put the video up. If, if we did any more articles about James Strang or any more podcasts about him, we're screenshotting and I'm just going to say pointless, meaningless. No one cares. And there you go. So thanks, guys. Thank you for watching. Thanks for taking the time out to, to spend 20 so minutes with me uh, explaining to you how nobody cares about James Strain. Um, so thanks again. As always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. <laughs>